I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello to, welcome to episode 44. 44. 44. I don't have any oh. anything funny <laughs> to say about 44. I was trying to think of something and I got nothing. You got nothing? Okay. That's fine. Uh, well, how are you? We just, so update, Amanda and I just got back from vacation. Yeah, so I forgot been, what you looked like. I, what was your name again? <laughs> Who are you? Clara. Oh, hi. Thank you for joining. I'm looking for Amanda. Oh, um, she moved. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Are you the new co-host, Clara? <laughs> yeah, Clara. Okay, well, thank you for uh, joining. Uh, <laughs> No, we uh we took a little vacation. Um, Amanda decided to go visit family for two weeks again. Uh, she rolls her eyes, and <laughs> I went camping for one weekend with my family. So it's been, I think, a total of three weeks. We I think so. Um, mainly this was just my vacation, and you were just like, "Hey, I'm gonna take a couple days in your days." Yeah, well, even at that, I think technically you took t- extra time during my days. Yeah, I um, I did. I love my family. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay, we can leave it at that. <laughs> um, Two weeks is not enough. That's all I'm going to say. It's not enough? No, there were still, like, people I didn't get to see and friends I didn't get to see and... I just don't think I can do it for much longer. Like, I love my family. Don't get me wrong. But I also love being away from them. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> what is it? Distance makes the heart grow fonder? Oh, it so does. <laughs> yeah. Plus, the allergies were absolute hell. Well, I think we talked about that already. And we're going to add that as the 10th <sighs> circle of hell, right? Yes. With a... Uh, constant sinus cleanse Uh or sinus rinse yeah so i think we've got that covered um i'm trying to find it to tell you how many days i have left i have got 12 112 days 18 hours and 14 minutes so like tomorrow yeah i haven't checked my dates in a while so i think the last time you checked you were at like 154 yeah, I think so. That seems right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I remember that number. Mm. Point is, it's been a minute since I've checked. And I already got my passport back. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. just you're just ready. Yeah, we're buying like small things right now. So like we bought beach mm. towels because they're on sale at Costco. So, you know. Because I, um, think, I think summer's ending or something. Yeah, something like Hopefully. that. Hopefully. They're like compact beach towels. They're like, boop, boop. They're pretty small so please tell me you put them in water and then they grow eight feet no because that sounds fun they're not compressed i've always wanted a beach towel that does that (laughs) i'm sure we can find you one (laughs) um the idea behind them is that those are easy to put in our bags and then we can take them with like when we do beach days and stuff on the excursions oh okay that was the thought behind it um i also heard while you were out at your family's house, uh, James got COVID. He did. And I don't mean to sound so happy about it. I'm just happy <laughs> that we weren't here for it. We missed it. Yeah. <sighs> Thank God. Uh, so he messaged uh, me on Snapchat and he's like, oh yeah, I'm sick with COVID. 
Um, I think it's because he got a Snapchat of the dog or something from me. And so we were talking about it. And I'm like, well, you're lucky that Amanda and Annie are out of town. So. I know. Thank God. Like, if it had to happen, thank God. Right? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. If he was going to get it, it should have been then. So. I do feel kind of bad, though, because while we were in Alabama slash Mississippi and James was not, she started standing up. On her own? Mm. No, it's too early. I don't like it. But he missed it. That's that's a bummer for him. I was able to get it on video and send it to him. Uh, so he was able to at least like see her do it. But uh, I'm not ready. Oh. We're still baby proofing. So at this point, I we literally just pulled the couch in front of our computer desk. So (laughs) that was the easiest and quickest way I could think to get the cords because it stopped her from being able to hit it and it works. So if it works, it works. Hey, uh, side question. What is in the background? Because it's not your Google Nest anymore. Oh, that is right here. Uh, This is a speaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a Bluetooth speaker of some. I don't know. I've had it for years. But when I'm trying to get my boss here to take a nap i'll use it to play music and stuff gotcha i was just curious because i couldn't identify what it was so um all right well anything else how's been being home been good it's been wonderful okay except for like she has bad allergies too so she's been pure hell but the doctor gave her some medicine and you can tell she's been much happier Did you get to share some of her medicine? No. I have to see how all that works. I want to call. I've just been suffering. But I want to call them first since I'm still nursing and make sure, like, that's okay. Oh, yeah. But since she's nine months, she can have allergy medicine, luckily. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well. Uh, we do want to just shout out some of our listeners again. We do, over the break, we uh, have gained a couple listeners in South Africa. So that's pretty cool. And then we have also had listeners in Colorado for a while. And yes, I do say Colorado. So Colorado. I don't care how you guys say it. Say it how you want. But uh, yeah. we just want to shout you guys out and say thank you. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. Um, we also want to mention our Discord again. So our Discord, we've got a lot of different channels we can talk true crime paranormal all of that and you can uh talk to amanda and i directly right now uh brie you cannot just because we don't know if or when she's coming back um but we do have the discord up so if you guys want to join please let us know and we will get you added to that discord as soon as possible um We also have our Patreon up and going. So if you want to support us on Patreon and get early access to episodes, um, exclusive bloopers, exclusive episodes or special episodes, uh, those are all up on Patreon right now. So you can go there and support us there as well. Um, Any other business you want to talk about before we get started on the story? Thank you covered it. I can't think of anything except for like, Party business. Party business. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say like, <laughs> yeah, this this episode's gonna be a party. I don't know. I think that's episode fifty. We're not there yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, all right. Well, let's 
go ahead and I've got a story for you. I'm ready, I think. Okay. All right. I'm just going to throw this out there. It's actually a relatively short story, but I think there's a lot of kind of controversial things in there that um that we might have some conversation on. But anyways, I'm I'm interested to hear your input as we go. Okay. So I do have a question. Oh, shit. I know we almost forgot something. What happened? My dad asked me to give you riddles. Ah, yes. Okay. Shit, now I've got to remember the whittle- riddles. Okay. Remember the whittles. <laughs> remember the whittles. <laughs> I have a whittle for you. I have a whittle whittle. Okay. I, I've got, I remember the one. Okay. So what has four letters, never has five, and sometimes has nine? So Say this one is a time. riddle from my dad. So, so what has four letters? Never has five. Sometimes has nine. I know it's something to do with the words, because like what <laughs> it does have four letters in it, but never doesn't have four. Five. Ah. <laughs> so I don't understand the riddle then, because so. sometimes has nine letters. What has four so, and never has? The answer is yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did I win? <laughs> kind of. I think you get half credit. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. You get half credit. Um, because what does have four letters, never has the five letters, mm-hmm. sometimes is spelled with nine letters. Okay. That's where I was confused because I didn't know... If it was like, is this a question? Are you telling me a statement? It's it's technically a statement, but it's worded in a way that it sounds like a question. Okay. So that's from my dad. He had another one. I don't remember it. I'll have to ask him and you're not going to get it until next week because he's hunting this week. Okay. All right. So now I've got a story for you. Okay. Uh, Like I said, my story is pretty short this week. Um. I think there's a lot of controversial things, so I'm really interested to hear your input on some of these things. Uh, Before we start, though, did you watch any shows like Jerry Springer or Maury growing up? Oh, my God. I was going to ask if this was a Jerry Springer, something to do with that, because the background on two of the pictures, it looks like a Jerry Springer (laughs) Springer background. Jerry Springer, not him. Uh, But did you like any of them growing up? Oh, Yes, they were hot drama, Jerry Springer and Maury, because Maury had the, no, that was Jerry Springer. Maury had the what? (laughs) I was going to say that Maury had the you are not the father, but that was Jerry Springer. That's when it got juicy. But I don't, I didn't really have a favorite. Basically, if it was trash, I'd watch it. Did you watch the Jenny Jones show? Probably, yes. It I, sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't remember the Jenny Jones show, but I think that my family was a Jerry Springer family when we watched that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we're actually talking about something with the Jenny Jones show today. So we're talking about the murder of Scott Am- Amador today. Have you heard of this one? It all sounds familiar, okay. but I can't, I can't place it, but I think I might know what it is. Okay. All right, so Scott Amador, he was born January 26, 1963 in Pittsburgh. Uh, his family does end up moving to Michigan, and he grows up in the Lake Orion area. He actually joined a branch of the military when he was old enough, and while he was in the military, he came out as gay. Okay. So 
I mean, this would have been 1970s, 1980s. He's brave. Not only to come out in the 70s or 80s, but in the military. Right. This man, he got a set of cojones. Yes. So he comes out as gay while he's in the military. He's described as very flamboyant, fun-loving, very compassionate. Um, And he goes on to meet Jonathan Schmitz through a mutual friend. Now, Jonathan Schmitz, he was born on July 18th, 1970. So he's seven years younger than Scott. Um, From what I could tell, it seemed like he grew up in kind of a, I want to say a conservative household. Um, Some of the videos and articles I read made me think that their family was a little more homophobic in general. Um, Some of the comments that were made were similar to like, do you want them to think you're gay or something like that? Not quite that way, but that's the best description i can have kind of conservative more of the yeah you know what i mean yeah i got you uh i mean there was even a point in his life where his family had reportedly questioned him on his sexuality um and he was like no 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 i'm not i'm not gay so jonathan he was considered to be pretty handy he had actually been helping his friend donna repair a car for her when he first met scott and scott would go on to develop a crush on jonathan so on March 6th, 1995, Scott appears for a taping on the Jenny, jo- Jenny Jones show. He's come onto the show to reveal a secret crush, and that crush is on Jonathan. Now, Jenny Jones, she opens the show by stating, now, and this is a quote from the show, and it says, now, which of these would you choose to reveal your secret crush to someone? A, would you write that person a letter? B, would you tell that person in private in case he rejects you? Or C, would you tell that person that you're gay and you hope that he is too on national television? Probably not C ever. <laughs> well, Scott went with C. Oh God. I, I do. I've heard this story. I don't know much about it, but okay. it's coming back to me. And okay. oh boy. Well, it's, it's fine. So Jonathan Schmidt, he gets his invite to join from the producers, and the producers tell him that someone has a secret crush on him. And they say that this person could be a man or a woman, but someone has a secret crush on you. Um, And Jonathan leaves that conversation under the impression that it's a woman, but the producers state that they made it clear it could be either a man or a woman. I feel like if you have to tell me it's either a man or a woman, I'm probably going to guess the opposite. Right. Whatever it's, my sexual preference is not, is what it's going to be. So, exactly. Um, so he agrees to go on the show. And before Jonathan is brought out, uh, Scott Amateur and his friend Donna, or the mutual friend Donna, are sitting talking with Jenny, obviously. And Jenny actually props Scott to describe some of his fantasies about Jonathan. And one of those fantasies included a hammock, whipped cream, and uh, champagne in Scott's backyard. So, I mean, he went on to tell a little bit. He didn't get too much into details. Um, And so Jonathan is brought out on stage, and he actually hugs and gives the mutual friend Donna a kiss on the cheek. And Donna was there. She was there for mutual support. Or not mutual support, for moral support. And then he gives Scott kind of an awkward hug. And you can see that awkward hug on one of those pictures I uploaded where it looks like Scott's got his arm around his neck and he's kind of like done. Um, yeah, that don't. Uh, yeah, that he doesn't, doesn't look super uh, comfortable. 
No. But, I mean, you're not in a real comfortable position here. Granted, you put yourself in it. Right. But I still. mean, he agreed to go on the show. Um, Jenny then reveals to Scott that it's actually Jonathan that has... Nope. Jenny then goes on to reveal to Jonathan that it's actually Scott that has the crush on him. And not Donna, who Jonathan initially believed when he walked out. And... Um. Jonathan's reaction, he actually goes, you lied. And so it's, you know, he's smiling and he seems like he's laughing a little bit. And they actually go on to play back the video from Scott describing his fantasies about Jonathan. And Jonathan's just watching, sitting kind of awkwardly. And Jonathan, he's kind of got this stiff smile on his face. He, he does look a little bit tense. But, I mean, he doesn't look super, like, uncomfortable. He's smiling. He's laughing. He seems, he appears to be having a good time. However, I'm also not, like, a body language expert. I don't know yeah. what is going on there. So, um, Jonathan makes it a point that he's like, I am not gay. I am completely heterosexual. Like, not gay. Sorry. And Jenny Jones ends this segment by stating that regardless of his sexuality, it's kind of a nice compliment. Like, you know, regardless of if you are gay or not or interested in Scott, I mean, it's still a compliment, you know? And the film ends. Yeah, I guess, but still is awkward. Yeah, it's still awkward, but also, I mean, I can see her point of, you know, regardless, you guys are friends. He's coming out to tell you that he's got a crush on you and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to reciprocate those feelings in any way. Like, yeah, it's still kind of a compliment to be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So filming ends and producers say that Jonathan reportedly told them that he actually had a good time on the show. So before they leave from Chicago, where it was filmed, he's like, oh, yeah, I had a good time. And then Scott, Jonathan and Donna go home. So do you want to see parts of this segment? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Okay, hold on. This video, I don't have the full segment. This one is interrupted um, by some commentary. It's like it's a documentary, but regardless. Okay. Oh. Spicy. Oh. He looked angry there at the end. He, oh, don't look at those. Don't stop. I'm looking. I'm not. I mean, I'm not looking. I'm looking the other way. <laughs> so, okay. So, what did you think, kind of, of like his reaction? His he does. He did look awkward, but it didn't look like he was like super ticked off. You know. Yeah. He. Uh, the longer it went, the more like when they were all clapping at the end, he seemed very much like he was over it. I was gonna say agitated. He just seemed like he's like, I'm ready to go home. This Oh, yeah. To me, it seemed like he was like, well, this is a waste of time. I thought it was going to be a good opera. Yeah. You know? That's at least how I saw it as, but that's also just me. Yeah. In the beginning, he just seemed like, like he might have actually thought it was funny. Like, right. But uh, awkward, but funny. And then when she started like antagonizing and playing the videos of the fantasies, he said, which. Me and James are married, you know, what, straight, cis, I'm not really sure, couple, and that would make me awkward if he's just telling people about his fantasies about me. 
So for this poor guy, like, I kind of do feel for you because that would make me really uncomfortable too. But I also, on the flip side of that, just to play devil's advocate, he also knew what type of show he was coming on to. And he knew it was yeah. about secret admirers. So I, like, on the flip side, I kind of feel like he had to have had an idea of what he was getting into. Yeah. That's tough, man. That, like, that, Yeah. Because like I said earlier, if I was going on a show like this and they felt the need to point out it can be a man or a woman, I'm immediately going to go like, shit, it's going to be someone the same sex. How yeah, am I going to react to this? Right. Mm-hmm. But th- that's just my input. Like, I I think we all know well enough of what type of shows these are and what they do. And they do that antagonizing. Oh, like, yeah. I, 90s. I like not out of the norm. Yeah, 90s daytime TV. Like, I remember growing up watching it, and I was just like, what? All the time. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, so aside from that, the re- the trio returns home. And they actually spend time together. Like, the three of them, Donna, Jonathan, and Scott, go out drinking. Like, they're hanging out together still. So, it didn't seem like there was that much animosity after the show. Now, some reports state that there was potentially, after they had a night out fun and drinking together, there was a sexual encounter between Jonathan and Scott, and other reports saying, no, that was just a rumor. Like, that never actually happened. So that's not clear if it happened or didn't. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Just days after the taping, so remember they taped on March 6th, on March 9th, 1995, Jonathan finds a suggestive note on his door that he believed to be from Scott. It was accompanied by a broken construction light that they had found after the taping. I believe they had found it at the airport. And the note read something to the effect of, if you really want to get it off, I'm the one that has the right tool. Oh. Very forward. Okay. Yeah. Now, after getting this note, Jonathan goes to the bank, pulls enough money from the bank that he is able to buy a shotgun. And he goes to Scott's home, he knocks on the door, and he confronts Scott about the letter. And reportedly, Scott's response was like a smile or maybe like a smirk. And Jonathan tells him, okay, I've got to go turn off my car, I'll be right back. He goes out to his car and he grabs the shotgun and confronts Scott again at the door. Uh, a witness in the home stated that Scott was trying to find ways to defend himself, and he grabbed a like a wicker chair or a chair of some sort. And that's when Jonathan shoots Scott twice in the chest. Uh, to what? Uh, that's like t- zero to sixty. That feels like an yes. unhealthy. I can't even think of the word it reaction. Feels, yes. Um. So Jonathan, after he shoots Scott, he leaves and he actually goes and calls authorities and he reports the crime. So he says, "I just shot someone." And when the operator asks him why, he states, "Because he picked me." on national TV, and he's a homosexual. Uh, yeah. Neither of the, I don't, I can't think of a good reason to shoot somebody, but I don't feel like either of those things are it. Because one is your right. fault, and two is just, I mean, you can just decline. How about we start with that? Right. So... He tells authorities he killed him. He, he's not trying to hide or run. Like, he's owning up to his actions. He's immediately arrested, and he's held on charges of first-degree murder and using a firearm in a felony. And 
Schmitz told authorities, he's like, I'm angry with the Jenny Jones show because he was under the impression his admirer was a woman. They misled him, blah, blah, blah. Now, there's not a whole long investigation with this, and that's because we know who did it. <laughs> um, so at trial, Jonathan's attorney argues that Smith's Schmitz was caused to kill Scott by mental issues and humiliation. Jonathan was diagnosed with Graves disease and manic depression. Basically, what was happening is they were using the defense of what's called gay panic defense to justify his mental state or action. You know I've, what the gay panic defense is? I've heard of it before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that where basically you go temporarily insane because this person's gay and they make you feel uncomfortable? And Yeah, basically. For so the definition that I got from Wikipedia basically says it's a legal strategy where the defendant claims to have acted violently because of unwanted same-sex attention. Basically saying they were provoked by the unwanted attention and had diminished capacity go to hell. Mm -hmm. Like that is the biggest crock of bull ever. Cause like, did he ever just straight up tell this? I, I don't know if you know, you probably not, but did he ever just straight up tell him like, Hey, I'm not interested. Please leave me alone. I mean, I know sometimes that doesn't work, but this shooting him. You've got, he, I mean, he made it pretty clear on the Jenny Jones show. He was not interested. However, mm -hmm. If reports are correct and everyone's witness statements are accurate that they hung out after the show, is that, I mean, not saying that you, they still can't be friends, but if it made him that uncomfortable, why are you hanging out with him? That's my question. Like, if, yeah. if, if you're that uncomfortable with the thought of Scott having a crush on you and you're the same sex, why are you hanging out with him? And like, then furthermore... Like, as women, and I know this is, I'm not trying to take away from the disgusting homosexual, like, I, th this is uh, a hate crime, basically. I'm not trying to take away from that. But as a woman, like, we're constantly bombarded with attention that we don't want. And we don't just go, I don't grab my shotgun and just go shoot somebody. Yeah. So one of the um, documentaries I watched actually basically used that and said if a woman's in a bar and she's getting unwanted attention, does that justify her killing the man that's giving her unwanted attention? No, no. it doesn't. Um, now, I will say the uh, the This Is Criminal podcast did an episode on this and they really went into that gay panic and trans panic defense. It was great. So if you guys want to like hear a lot more about that. And how that works, they go into a bunch of different cases. It was a great episode. Um, I don't know. Probably, I probably am going to listen to that because yeah. that. What, what's the podcast again? Uh, this is criminal. This is criminal. Okay. I am going to listen to that because sometimes when I just want to get angry, I listen to the bullshit cases like that because I can't. I remember looking it up when I first heard about this case to see, like, no way, this is a real thing. No, it's a real thing. And it's in, yeah. it's accepted in almost every 50 state, like in almost all of the 50 states. I think still, which is just uh, yeah. horrifying. It, right. Uh, it's not called This is Criminal. It's just called Criminal. Criminal. Okay. I'm writing that down because God um, knows I need a new pod, another podcast. They, they really did a great job. Like the amount of details they went into, they had different um, interviews, it seemed like. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Let me pull the episode number really quick. Hold on. So episode 129. Thank you. Yeah. I'm definitely so, going to listen to that. Yeah. So they they do go into a lot of the details about like, how is this even legal? And then they also go into details about how even if it is over like outlawed, the gay panic defense, the legality issues and the ways around the actual defense itself, where it still kind of is used. Um, so it was a very, very yeah. interesting podcast. So, anyways, so what are your thoughts so far? I hate him. Um, Jenny Jones, God, I'm not really sure because this is this is quintessential reality TV. This is where it started. This is where it peaked. This is where it down fell very quickly. Right. So... <laughs> Again, they use the gay panic at defense. Schmidt Schmitz does apologize apologize for the murder during trial. Um, Amateur's brother is like, yeah, but he's going to prison. Like, is that a genuine apology? Does he really feel remorse for what he's done? So they he does question that, but just to throw it out and call out, Schmitz does say that he was truly sorry for what had happened, blah, blah, blah. Schmitz is found guilty of second-degree murder. So... The jury basically concluded that he had not acted with premeditation in this case, which is needed for a first degree murder condition conviction in Michigan. Now think about where it went. So I can kind of see where they are. Like to me, it does seem premeditated, but I think overall he's acting out of emotion because he gets this letter. He's angry. He just sees red. He goes to the bank, buys a gun and he's just pissed. He might have calmed down when he went and talked to Scott and thought, okay, this is silly. I'm going to go talk to Scott really quick. Because he didn't initially go to the door with the gun, right? He went to the door. Maybe he had calmed down. Maybe he was like, okay, maybe this is silly of me, whatever. But then whatever happened after he initially talked to him, he just went angry again and then went and got the gun. So in a sense, I can kind of see how they're like, well, there's no premeditation. However, I also feel like he intentionally went out and bought a gun to commit this crime. Oh, yeah. I feel like it is premeditated as hell. I don't right. know how the jury agreed on that. Because to me, and I <clears throat> I see your point, but to me, like, none of these are short, quick, little. This is the 80s, 90s, somewhere around in there, I'm guessing. So mm-hmm. you have to go to the bank, get your money. They don't have debit cards. They don't have all that. This is a... You know, this takes time. So you have to go to the bank and get the money. Then you have to go buy the shotgun. You have to fill out all that information. Have you ever bought a gun? It's not something quick. Yes. This is the 90s and there were debit cards. Okay, but the bank still sucks. I maintain okay. that part. That's yeah. fine. I'm just, I had to Google it because I'm like, that doesn't seem right. But anyway, I could Okay. Well, then, yes, they did have debit cards, but I still maintain, I've never been in and out of a bank. Okay. Even if I'm just getting money. It's never been. Mm-hmm. five, 10 minutes at tops. Then you have to drive to the place you bought the gun from, fill out all that paperwork. And you just so happen to do this right before you go and confront this man. That to me seems a little fishy. Yeah. So basically they're saying he's got Graves disease and he's got manic depression and that like that kind of unstable made him even more unstable, like that instability. So 
I think it was premeditated. Obviously, that's just my perspective. The jury did not. And whatever was argued on the defense's side, they were able to convince the jury that it was not premeditated. Um, He had a good lawyer. I'll give him that. Yes, he had a, he had a good lawyer. Um, He was sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison. He did appeal his conviction, which was overturned, and he was retried in 1999. At retrial, at retrial, he was again found guilty of the same charges and his sentence was reinstated. Oh, okay. Bye. So not not terrible. Now, the amateur family. In 1999, the family retains attorney Jeffrey Figer. Have you ever heard of Jeffrey Figer? No, I don't think so. I haven't either, but the way everything made it sound is like he was some big shot, a lawyer that goes after, often goes after like corporations. Okay. So they retain Jeffrey Figer, and they go on to sue the Jenny Jones Show, Telepictures, and Warner Brothers for what they considered to be their negligent actions. So the family argued that the show's ambush tactics caused Jonathan Schmitz to kill Scott Amateur. So they're putting a lot of the blame on the Jenny Jones Show. Okay. And what's kind of crazy is, so this whole thing was highly publicized. Like there, there were crime shows showing on it, all of that. And one of the biggest true crime shows that was covering it, like the um, court media, was actually a show that was produced by Warner Brothers, who was being sued. (laughs) Wait. So Warner Brothers, the Jenny Jones show, and Telepictures are being sued by the Amateur family. But they also have a different show that they are covering the, the footage and all of this. So they're they're capitalizing on their own havoc. Yeah. Poor taste. Yeah. I mean, in their defense, it was... Are they not going to? Like, they already had the show. It's not like they could just, you know, dissolve the show because of this case. Okay, but did they ever use, like, special footage that only they had to make it more spicy? Not, not that I'm aware of. Okay, then I will release them of my moral judgment okay um what do you think of this lawsuit do you think it's founded do you this is where i kind of have a dilemma this is where i i kind of with you on that i'm kind of on the fence because from what i remember did they do any kind of i mean probably not any kind of like mental evaluations or no nope But also, here's where my dilemma is. I see where the amateur family is coming from. I get their grieving. I get their heartbroken. I totally see how they're like, well, had had they not gone on the Jenny Jones show, this would have never happened. Yes. I, however, feel like this still could have happened. Let's say that Scott told him in private or even at a party and that embarrassed him and he was just so humiliated. It still could have happened. I agree with that um, because which one did you say come from the conservative family? Jonathan Schmitz, the murderer. So he could have very much been. How do I put this? Bred, born and raised in just absolute hate for and homophobia and. I don't think he was homophobic because he still hung out with Scott. I just think for him like that concept of him being gay was so 
out there for him. Like, nope, not, not a thing. And I think for him, it was more of an insult than anything else. Regardless. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was going to say. You wonder what? I wonder if that had a lot to do with his family's lawsuit too, because it brought shame to them. Who, his family didn't sue. It was the amateur Scots, the victim's family. Oh, I'm sorry. I had that backwards. Okay. Yeah. So, like, on one hand, that's, like, I, there are situations where they could have been put in it together, and they, again, could this could have happened. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think that the Jenny Jones show was solely responsible. But then on the other hand, I can kind of see, like, well, they didn't do mental health checks. They did ask these provocative questions and all of that. But again, it's the type of show it is. And it's the 90s. They weren't doing mental health checks. Yeah, you know? mental health, like, did not exist. Right. And it's not like Jenny Jones was trained to read body language. She's there to ask questions. She's a host, you know? I think a lot of times they probably don't even write their questions. I think they have, like, writers yeah. to do that. Uh, Jenny Jones, she actually did take the stand during that trial. And she's like, Half the time, I don't even, majority of the time, I don't know what the show is until a couple days beforehand. She's like, I, I didn't know that. up until a couple days before that we were doing a show about Secret Admirers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Um, so if you were on a jury hearing kind of like these arguments about, well, had Jenny Jones show not brought him on, blah, 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 all of these different things, would you still be conflicted? Would you know if you should grant them? That's it's rough. a hard one. It is hard. Because I do agree with you. Like, even if it wasn't in, like, this grand way that he chose to tell him, like you said, he could still be embarrassed in front of people at a party or at a barbecue. Right. Ugh. So it, I think that's kind of where it's hard is it's like he could have snapped regardless of where it was. Especially with his... uh mental instability and graves disease his depression and graves disease right if like, that was their argument then he could have snapped at any time right that's kind of where i'm like oh so it's a tough one it is so tough on that one well the jury in this case in may 1999 uh they find that the jenny jones show is responsible and negligent oh. and they found that the show, they stated that the show intentionally created an unpredictable situation without due concern for consequences. And the amateur family was awarded $25 million. Holy, okay. However, the judgment oh. was later overturned by the Michigan Court of Appeals in a two-to-one decision. Ah. So it's like hit and miss. It's, see, I still have a moral dilemma because like, I think if they had been awarded the money, I'd be less like conflicted just because yeah. like, okay they won like i can see it but now that it's been overturned i'm like well even the courts are conflicted like yeah because at I, first somebody decided for you so i was like oh good for them and then they yeah. denied it and i was like oh poo yeah so real real hard there mm-hmm. uh well jonathan schmitz he was actually released from prison on august 22nd 2017 he was given parole early for good behavior. So he was actually in prison for about 22 years instead of 25. He was 47 years old when he was released. 
And the amateur family reaction, they were a little hesitant because it is Scott's murder out there walking around. His brother stated, like, I think I'd be more comfortable or, like, less conflicted about him being released if he were older. Like, if he were old and gray and wrinkly, but he's 47. Like, he's not that old. Um, What was I saying? So that's where they were. And on the other hand, they're like, but we also feel like Jonathan's a victim. Like, we do think he is a victim in part because of the Jenny Jones show portion. I can agree with that. Yeah. So the Jenny Jones episode, it was never aired. So as soon as they found out about the murder, they took it off. Or not the murder. As soon as they found out about the murder, they took it off. Never aired it. Uh, there is a Netflix documentary, but this case, uh, as the first episode, as the first episode, and that is Trial by Media. That was a really good one that you can watch. And then, as I mentioned er earlier, the Criminal Podcast also does a really wonderful episode on this case. And they do that very big focus on the gay panic defense. I actually have a couple cases I pulled from that that I want to look into. Um, and so that's that's the Jenny Jones show murder. Any additional thoughts? Is the, the second picture of Schmidt, is that like when he was released or when he was in prison? Yes, that was when he was... That's all, all the articles that talked about him being released, that's the picture they had associated with him. So that's a semi-recent. Yeah, I can definitely yeah. see, like, he looks in good health. Like, <clears throat> so I can see their point about maybe if he was a little older, which... Okay. I do appreciate that he wasn't released, like, 10, 12 years earlier. At least he was only released, what, three years before? Mm -hmm. Three years prior, yeah. Okay, that, like, thank you. I appreciate that because it frustrates me so much when these people, you hear of them getting out, like, 17 years early on good behavior. Or only spending, like, two months of a 12-year sentence in jail. Exactly, yeah. That's frustrating, but I also see their point because this is, like, a man in his prime right here. Right. Like, he looks like he's young and healthy, like, you know? I mean, I guess I can only hope that he got <clears throat> the mental help that he needed. And uh, please don't kill anybody else. That's our plea. Please don't don't be offended if another gay man comes on to you. Unless you have come out as gay, which I don't know. But regardless, let's not kill anyone else. Yeah. So don't I Sorry, kill anyone. Don't kill anyone ever. No. I couldn't find anything else about his current whereabouts. So I don't know. I don't know anything else. But that's, that's your story. I didn't like it because I still don't know. How don't to you feel. feel so conflicted? Yes. I feel like, so, like, dirty. Because <laughs> like, like, I just, you just can't make up my mind. It's not like one of like the serial killer cases where you're like, this guy deserves to be in prison. He's, he's a jerk. Yeah. Like, it, it's so hard. Because, like, yeah, I think he deserved to go to prison. But then on the other part of me, I'm like, he didn't, I get the ambush technique. I get that they're trying to fight this, but oh, so morally conflicted. I, I will say that man had a damn good lawyer. He, yes. I'll say that. That's my final thought there. Like, yes. Because other people were like, this is clear cut premeditation. And he still wasn't charged first degree. That's crazy. 
So I couldn't be a lawyer. I know. I think it'd be so interesting to like hear about the cases and stuff. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine just being on jury duty and this is the one you have to go for? I'd be like, I don't know, guys. I let's review this. I know it's been six days, but I can't decide. Right. I'd be like the worst juror. I swear I would too. I feel like I would be like leaning over to the person on my right. Like, what did you get for number seven? <laughs> How did you feel about charge number six? Guilty or non-guilty? What What do you think? They'd <laughs> be like, go back to your own test. <laughs> Can I plead the fifth? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think you're allowed to plead the fifth as a juror. So, Well, let's hope that I never have to be a juror. <laughs> At least not on a case like this. If I have to be a juror, I want it to be like clear cut, simple. I feel like, though, that's the other hard part is a lot of them just aren't clear cut, simple. Have you ever been on a jury? Let us know. Yeah. Was it clear cut and simple or was it Jenny Jones? Have you been selected for jury duty before? Did you do not it? Did just you run? Summoned, not just summoned, but selected. Did you run? Did you do it? Did you oh go? My God, tell us. We need to know. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a crime. Yeah. Did you like, <laughs> did you go in Oklahoma or you got summons in Oklahoma, but you never went? So now you're in Maine without a driver's license. How are you mm-hmm. living? Do you have enough yeah. food? Join us. Tell us yeah. on Discord. You got toilet paper? I can send you some. I cannot send you toilet paper. I got to go get my own. So I can only send like two squares. Do you want some? I can send it to you. <laughs> two squares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Send it my way. <laughs> okay. Oh, look. Speaking of mailing stuff. Ooh. Yeah, we did is that on this, accident, y'all. Is this a ghost that haunts mail? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you pretty much found it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the zombie voodoo doll? I've heard of it because we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I haven't, like, I know it's a thing. I don't know anything else. So I'm going to tell you. Now, this story, it doesn't have many facts, but everywhere, every source I have was pretty much the same. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just tell you what we got here. But like yours, it's a little short. So, but I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. Uh, Pretty much every source I had, they all gave credit to hauntedamericatours.com for the original story. But I tried to go to that website and I guess it's been part or just isn't used because godaddy.com kept trying to get me to buy it. And I didn't want to do that because it was $70. So. Okay. The voodoo that I've heard it called the zombie voodoo doll and the voodoo zombie doll, but I'm going to call it zombie voodoo doll because it sounds right to me. Okay. It was originally bought by an unnamed woman in Galveston, Texas. She was. was Brie? Did Brie originally buy it? I feel like she'd be one to buy something like that. What, was, what, what year was Brie born? I don't think so. She was born after me. So what year was this? 2004. It could have been. She okay, was born so 98, 2001. I don't know. Okay, so baby Brie bought this <laughs> zombie voodoo doll. She, she was just perusing eBay in October of 2004, and she sees this doll, and she's like, "Perfect!" So she buys it, and the item was originally listed from a seller in New Orleans. So to me. We all know New Orleans New Orleans is 
the spot for voodoo in America, I think. Yeah. Like hoodoo voodoo in New Orleans. Exactly. Like uh, Marie Laveau and all that stuff. Okay. Some sources claim that the lady collected haunted dolls for whatever ungodly reason. And others claimed that she was an aspiring ghost hunter and she had planned to investigate the doll and document her experiences in a book she was going to write about sending ghosts through the mail. Sending ghosts through the mail? Okay. Yes. I love what, her. <laughs> whatever the reason was, she bought the doll. Now, whatever reason, the original post on eBay claimed that the doll was, quote, very active and almost alive. And it also urged the new owner to follow the rules. And the most important of those rules, most important of those rules, don't open the box. Not even to look at the doll. Don't open the box. And it come in this really ornate pretty silver box. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. Well, maybe in this situation, pay attention and do what you're told. Don't tell me what to do or how to live my life. Well, that's how she felt. Uh, after a few weeks, she got this ornate silver box in the mail and homie immediately broke that rule. Me too. And <laughs> if you look at the picture, the doll is made from cloth and string. It has no features. It has two black nails sticking out of its torso. And on its left hand, it has what looks to me like Mardi Gras beads with a doubloon attached to them. Okay, quick question. Can this voodoo doll, zombie voodoo doll, actually, like, do things, like, from afar? So if I make a statement, is it going to be offended? From what I have read, no. Okay. So my statement here is that it kind of looks like it's a voodoo doll of Bigfoot. Okay, thank (laughs) you. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, like, like... wrapped in a twine, almost. Mm -hmm. Very Sasquatchy. Yeah. So, no, I agree with you on that. Okay, good, 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 good. So, our lady allegedly thought it was just a little curio, so she took it out, intending to set it up and display it. Now, this sounds like something I would do, because I love little weird curios. Like, I have destroyed James's Amazon algorithm, because in the cart right now, I have a framed moth, wooden beads, jute string, Drop cloth, a taxidermied alligator head, and pressed flowers. So, I feel her. Okay, go. <laughs> so, anyway, the lady would say later on that this was a real big mistake. Those are her words. Because as soon as she takes the doll out of the silver, silver box, it attacked her several times. Ow. And there was there were no details on this i'm very upset about that but i'm imagining it as like a huge fight bad horror movie style where she moves the lid and the doll just launches at her face and then she falls back into a dresser or something well that's what i'm like envisioning is like this whole big fight scene with a tiny little doll right like like a jordan and peel skit or something key and peel skit that's what i'm picturing Key and Peele, please do that skit. It would be hilarious, I think. So the lady claimed that she was afraid for her life, so she put it back in the silver box, but this time it continued to haunt her in her dreams. She was so tortured and mentally exhausted that her and this doll, they're at war, all right? She tried to burn it, but the 
doll wouldn't catch fire. She grabbed a pair of scissors, but they immediately broke without even cutting the doll. Like, she tried to cut it. As soon as she squeezed the scissors, they just fell apart. Yeah, some and, of scissors. Right? How about a knife, ma'am? <laughs> she even buried it in the cemetery, which I'm like, why would you go all the way to the cemetery? But uh, where else are you going to bury a haunted doll, I guess? Uh, but when she got home, guess what was lying on her doorstep? No hard pass. A dirty little zombie voodoo doll. So now she's like, forget this doll. I'm going to sell it. And she goes back reasonable. to Reasonable. That is reasonable. Uh, th- this is a very reasonable lady. Okay. She goes back to eBay. And I have absolutely no idea what her post said. But somebody buys this doll from her. And she like great Sasquatch doll looks wonderful. If you want to add it to your doll <laughs> collection, comes with need. silver box. <laughs> Maybe she didn't even mention the doll. Maybe she's like, "Look at this beautiful box." Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> like the doll. <laughs> she's like, "Get this thing out of my life." <laughs> I will pay you. Let's do a backwards eBay. <laughs> We'll do this however I need to get rid of it. (laughs) So she ships it to this person. They get it. And one day she finds it on her doorstep. And she contacts the buyer and they tell her, hey, this doll just disappeared. I don't know what happened. So she's like, "Uh, okay, well, I will very happily send it back to you. So she did. And the same thing happened. So she's. Again, third time, she ships this doll to this buyer. And this time, she finds it uh, like a couple days quicker than usual. And when she reaches out to the buyer, they told her that the package that she mailed, they got, it was empty. So somehow this doll got out of this package before it even reached this person's house. You better like keep a hand on that and drive. I'm saying one-handed driving, It does that hand is on the box. I'm not getting in a car with that thing. It already broke my dresser, okay? Uh, uh, I don't care at that point. Like, get in the car and get rid of it. After all this, I guess she refunded this person's money since she couldn't keep the doll. That part wasn't clear. But she did reach out to the original seller in New Orleans, and she sent them multiple emails, but she never got a reply back. So. She just packs up the doll and ships it back to the address that sent it to her. She's like, get this thing out of my life. Exactly. She's like, you ain't going to ignore me. So she just ships the whole thing to him. A couple days go by and the box returns with the doll inside with a note from the postmaster saying that the recipient was deceased. Oh, that's comforting. Uh Uh-huh. But also, like, if someone's sending me mail that I don't want, can I just go to the post office and be like, I don't know who this is, but she died. Don't you think that'd be a little suspicious to be like, I don't know who this is. She's dead. But you don't know who she is? I mean, I bought her house and they told me she died. Can I do that with my credit card debt? No. Oh, okay. Well, you can try, I guess, but it's worth it. I think they need like a death certificate or something, but I just want to go to the post office and be like, she don't live here, so stop sending her stuff. I think that's basically what happened. The owner is like, she don't live here, she died, bye. And they're like, 
think you're getting rid of that thing. That's what my grandpa tells telemarketers. <laughs> he really? Just, yeah, he just picks up the phone and starts cussing at him. He's like, don't call here anymore. He's dead. And I'm like, oh, my God, Papa. <laughs> Does that work? And he's like, no. But it makes me feel better. <laughs> okay. So she sends it to the original seller. It gets sent back. Uh, so, like, where do you go from here? Uh, she started contacting different paranormal groups. Two of them showed up, but they told her they couldn't help her. Why not? Uh, that wasn't clear either. Maybe she didn't call somebody experienced. Didn't call a voodoo doll expert? Yes. Take, oh, drive the doll. Tell the doll that y'all are going on vacation. Drive to New Orleans and find the sketchiest voodoo shop that you can and be like, hi, sir or madam. Do you want this zombie? Please. Right. Like, please um, take this thing. It's trying to kill me. Please take it and never give it back. Kidding. I don't have any furniture left. <laughs> Listen, it set my house on fire. I'm done. <laughs> so she starts contacting literally anyone and everyone that has anything to do with the paranormal. And... One source said that she even contacted Art Bell and George Norrie. Do you know who that is? I didn't either, but I'm intrigued. So apparently they have this late night radio talk show called Coast to Coast AM. And it deals with... Have you really? I've never heard of it. I don't know if I've listened to it, but I've heard of it. it. They apparently, and this is according to Wikipedia... Most frequently, the topics relate to either the paranormal or conspiracy theories, and it airs seven nights a week. These guys are busy. One to five a.m. Eastern time zone. And it has been touted as the most popular overnight show in the country. So I'm going to have to maybe do some Our Heart Radio. Watch. Look for Coast to Coast. I've, I've heard of it. I've never listened to it, I don't think. Okay. Well, that's your homework. Listen to it and let me know. I'm not going to, but okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'll forget. Okay. <laughs> Even um, better. They also said that she reached out to TAPS, the Atlantic Paranormal Society. They have uh-huh. a TV show. Don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, but never, no, not that one. <laughs> they They're better than Zach Baggins. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> they apparently never replied to her, but they're busy. Y'all be nice to TAPS. On Halloween in 2006, she went on a local radio program and she told her story and multiple people called in and were like, bro, you need a priest. So she called a priest. Wait, do priests work with voodoo dolls? I don't know. I don't know what priests are equipped to handle. I don't know what's in their religious tactical belt. Hey priest, can you just tell us what's in your religious tactical belt? Thanks. Yeah. Like I know you can deal with spirits. I guess if a voodoo doll is a spirit that is a voodoo doll a spirit. I don't know. I didn't think it was the spirit, because don't voodoo dolls typically attach to a first, like, a living person? Yeah. I think that's the point. I don't know about voodoo. I know whatever, like... You know what? What? Maybe that voodoo doll is attached to, this, like, a, a Sasquatch, a Bigfoot, and they know, and they found a way to turn the voodoo back on the the person that possesses it. That's why it was so strong. Yeah. This makes perfect sense. Okay, figured it out. There you go. Yeah. All right, so we got it. Uh, The priest came to her house, and she showed him the box, but she 
begged him to just believe her and don't open it. <laughs> and this guy was like, all right, cool. He oh, he blessed. was like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, which I wonder at this point, does he just think he's dealing with somebody like paranoid or is he like, no, this is 100% real. I'm going to bless the shit out this box. It makes me wonder if like her state of mind, he was like, either she's gone crazy and I'm just going to bless this to like mm-hmm. appease her. Or he was like, if she's that adamant on me not opening it, there's a reason. Exactly. I feel like, I hope he believed that there's a reason for it. But he did it. And he confined the evil spirit to the box for good. Which is like, thank God. But like, now what do you do with it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Last we heard, she had people to offered to take it from her, but they never showed up when it come time for them to actually come get it. Uh, so she said that she kept it hidden as far back in her attic as she could, and she planned to sell the house and hope nobody ever found it. Oh, gee, that's real sweet. <laughs> yeah, ma'am, that's, that's not... A dick that's, move. Yeah, that's, that's not the welcome gift that, like, when I bought my house, uh, our sellers bought us a bottle of wine great gift just do right? a little bottle of wine yeah don't, don't leave yours... me a haunted doll no i don't want your zombie sasquatch in the you attic know what and now be... i feel like james has to get in the attic you know what would be hilarious is what? if she moves and her welcome gift is <laughs> a box sitting on the doorstep it's just there <laughs> in a it's a the box and the doll in a little basket with red cellophane wrap and a little bow on top <laughs> some oranges in there too <laughs> It's like a fruit basket, but like at the bottom of it is the the doll box. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, this is so sweet." Takes it in the house and opens it up. And yes, it, is. it comes with a note that says, "I'll never forget you." He'll never get rid of me. He'll never get away. I miss I'll you always... even when I blink. I'll always be here for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That, uh, that's the story of the zombie <laughs> voodoo dolls. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry, ma'am, whoever you are, uh, for buying that. But I'm never of... buying a house in Galveston, Texas. Oh, never. No. No. No, no, no. Now I'm, like, afraid to buy any house. Because, like, how many other haunted dolls are out there that people did the same thing? Like, if I'm getting a house, it's going to be brand new now. <laughs> okay. I don't feel safe. Put a little to do on James's checklist on his honeydew list to check the attic. Did I ever tell you? I don't remember what me and James were talking about, but I might have told you this story. Stop me and delete it if I did. We were talking about something, and I was asked. I was like, "Well, what do I do if I hear like tiny little footsteps in the attic running around?" And James is like, "There's no children in our attic," and I was like. What the hell? I was talking about raccoons or squirrels, but now I'm imagining kids up there. What is wrong with you? Why did James's head go to like? Maybe it's because you said footsteps, so he's thinking like a human foot, and not like a scurrying. Look, I can get animals out of houses. Okay, I'm not a fan, but I've done it. Kids? Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Somebody <laughs> bring. Bring a clown, bring a preschool teacher. I don't know what to do in that situation, but get this child out of my attic. 
please. <laughs> Why is there a child in your attic is the real question. I don't know, but that's, I guess that's where the food's been going. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, James, I didn't eat all the ice cream and not leave you any. It was a little kid in the attic. Get it together, James. How dare you? Yeah. Oh, my hell. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now I feel like I need Cody to check the attic. This is a very old house. I shouldn't say very old. It's like a almost 100 years old. Oh, ours is. When was your house built? Uh, 39? Oh. It was either 29 or 39. I can't remember now. Oh, God, you win. Mine was like 50, either 59 or 54, somewhere mm -hmm. around in there. Yeah. Mine, I know it ends in a nine, so I don't want to. I know the uh, third number is a five. That's all I got. <laughs> well, you know, the first three numbers are 19, five. Yes. So. Oh, see, I'm like 75% there. I win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still 75% there too. I just don't know which year. Yeah. So we win. We're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, that was a good one. I mean, as long as zombie voodoo Sasquatch cannot get to me, we're good. Um, last I heard, he's still in the attic. The corner okay. of the attic. I think that's kind of a dick move of the owner. Yeah. Like, he probably just wants you to pay his respect to him a little bit. You tried to cut his hair. Sasquatches do not cut hair. That's their power, I think. Exactly. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that is what? Samson the Sasquatch. That's his okay. name. Okay. Okay, Samson. Yeah. Sounds good. Um... Oh, God, what was I going to say now? I don't know. It wasn't important, obviously. But, all right. Well, that was a good one. Anything else you want to add? Don't leave random dolls in your, oh, in, in your apartment, in your attic when you leave. That's it. Just don't. It's, that's a dick move. To everyone. Yes. Not just the new buyers, but to your zombie voodoo doll, too. Because he now, you are now his family. You just abandoned your family. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure Zach Baggins would pay very nice money for him. Hot dollar. Yeah. He's going to have to buy the house in order to get the zombie doll. And then it's not going to be there because it's going to be in the fruit basket. Oh, man. <laughs> well, he's just going to have to appease the spirit somehow. Okay. Um, he's not good at that. But I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think it's, was it Robert? Robert the doll for a long time had his own room. One of Wasn't the, dolls the attic his room? Uh-huh. Yeah. But it was set up like a room. Why couldn't you do the same thing for our voodoo doll here? That might be all they want. Well, I guess because he broke all the furniture. Oh, I get. Maybe he was trying to make his size furniture. Maybe they had really ugly furniture. Maybe he was doing you a favor. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to have a cow print armchair and Buck thought that was disgusting and he destroyed it. So maybe that's well, what it was. Buck was wrong on that one. I I've think seen so. A picture of it, so it was, was precious. Yeah. yeah, still mad, bitter, still bitter. Did yeah. we just bring those feelings back up? I mean, I did, but that's because okay. I'm still bitter. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll let you go have your bitter conversation with Buck. But thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels podcast, Twitter at Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. If you need help finding all those links, you can go to Linktree and type in Hell on Heels podcast, and we'll pop up. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support, ooh, sorry. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon. We're working to release specials for our patrons. 
If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening and be sure to tell your friends to listen with you. Bye. Bye.